Welcome to the Public Health Networker, the official podcast of the Public Health Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dr. April Moreno. Join us as we speak to public health professionals around the country and around the world in global, community, and environmental health topics. Join us also as we speak to podcasters in this field of public health. To learn more about us, visit publichealthpodcasters.com. And in the meantime, enjoy the episode. Hello, and thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Public Health Networker. Today, we're talking about the importance of public health and public relations for public health. So today, we have the pleasure of speaking to Jennifer McGinley. She is the CEO of JLM Strategic Communications, and she's here to talk to us about the importance of PR, why it matters for public health. So welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much, April. I really appreciate your time. And it was so great to meet you. I think we met a couple of months ago on Twitter during our PR chat. And so it is, I'm so glad you joined that day because everything that's going on with the pandemic, of course, we know public health is one of the most important things that we can talk about right now. So your podcast and your entire purpose right now is really, really important. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And I agree with you. I think public health needs help. Public health messaging, uh, PR, communications, all of that is crucial at this time to save lives, literally. Yeah, Jennifer, tell us a little bit more about you. Uh, Please tell us more about your background in PR and things like that. Great. Thank you for asking. Yes, over, gosh, in the early 90s, I started working in public relations in a community hospital outside of Philadelphia. And I ended up getting that job because I was an intern with an anchor woman from Philly. And I didn't think about the industry that I would go into in terms of this, the specific specificity of it. But I really, when I started working there, the community felt really great to be in a hospital. And then I ended up doing community outreach and public relations, and I'll go into that further, but it's been such an amazing opportunity my entire career. I ended up uh, working with two PR agencies and then a medical school and a pharmacy school. And it is, it's all been about healthcare and education. And they really obviously go hand in hand to help the community, to help. It's really about the greater good. Thank you. I do appreciate your background in healthcare. There's so much that you do understand about what's going on, about patient care, about communities and population health. I mean, you kind of answered my next question about a little bit about what interests you about healthcare, public health, and even the pandemic. But tell us a little bit more about how important this is right now uh, from your perspective. I delved a little deeper in, in, you know, about the definition of public health and the three things that were most important or that really showed up for me about prevention, protection, and promotion. And that's everything about that I care about personally, but that's public relations too. It's about within, within healthcare, I should say specifically, but, you know, we want to educate others so that they can stay healthy because it's about protecting them. And my job in public relations is to promote and educate the community that I'm helping my client or an organization to serve. So it does tie nicely together. And with the pandemic, what we've seen is when things go wrong and why they go wrong. And like you mentioned earlier, it's about the messaging that's being created 
and being distributed to all different types of outlets. And where is that information coming from? Or, you know, where is the, what is that root cause or root, I guess, location, you know, mm -hmm. to start mm -hmm. with about mm -hmm. the information. So the messaging is crucial. Thank you. I definitely appreciate that you mentioned the term root cause, you know, in public health, especially in the public health nursing field. Uh, in several years ago, I, I used to attend the PI, QI, quality improvement meetings all the time. And we would have some public health nurses come in and talk about root cause analysis and kind of going five steps back into why something's happening and identifying what that root causes is so crucial for us to identify how to make changes, how to stop the damage from happening, addressing the problem. So I do appreciate that very much. And so could you tell us a little bit more about what PR is? Absolutely. That's one of my favorite things to talk about. You know, public relations as a definition is really about, um, you know, collaborative relationships. And a lot of people don't know this. When I first went out on my own to have my own organization, I didn't realize that because I think when you're working inside the bubble of a medical school or a hospital or a PR agency, mostly everybody gets what you do because they meet you, you talk about it, they know the projects that you've been assigned. But when I'm going out to the public or a networking event, people don't understand that public relations is, you know, it's not just getting a client into US News and World Report or on the Today Show or another news outlet. It's also about building relationships. It's about trust. It's about creating you know, proper respectful messaging to meet a certain audience. Um, it's about community outreach. It's about fundraising or events. It's about, um, you know, writing speeches, whether it's for, uh, you know, trustees or the dean of a, a medical school. Um, it's about designing pamphlets and brochures and an annual report and fundraising, like I said. So there's there are so many components, but it is all about the clear, consistent communication and building a community. And I have a saying that I use, clear, consistent content and communication, build a community. And I really do think that's what public health is all about too. And those that, it, to me, it's like a vocation. You go into it because it's a calling that you really want to help others. And um, I think my work, mostly for all nonprofits is exactly that too. It's really going to sleep at night, knowing I've done my best to, to help make this world a better place. It kind of, it's in that little nugget, <laughs> very yes. simple. Thank you. I, this is why we connected, you know, the public <laughs> health, seriously, the public health podcast network is about, and the media network is about um, promoting public health and cultivating professionals with conscience. You know, when you have a calling for public health, it makes all the difference in the world. Some people are here for just for the job, things like that, but it, it really it really makes a difference when people are here because they have a conscience, a calling, a personal, um, something that they're driven to for, for actual health and health outcomes. So I really appreciate that. And so um, definitely, um, I'm so glad you're here. And I do appreciate your mission, your purpose, and the things that you do. And tell us, yes? Okay, go ahead. Okay, um, just curious um, to hear a little bit more from your perspective, because I completely agree with you. Um, public health or PR has so many 
different dimensions of what can be done. But then as it relates to the pandemic and those, as you mentioned, clear, consistent communication, what does public health need? Why does public health need PR right now? Well, they need to control the narrative or the story or the messaging. And it's a great opportunity for those like all of you that are in public health to share stories, share stories that are going to resonate or be relevant to those that you're speaking with. And I know there's an amazing um, doctor, I hope I don't mess his name up. Um, He is a pulmonologist at Hopkins. We met through Twitter as well. And he has taken on the mission of educating the local communities in Baltimore City about the pandemic. And I think, and it's Dr. Panagas Galiastos. He's Greek, he's amazing. And a very young physician that has really gets the importance of public health from the perspective that we need to see communities and meet them where they are. And I think the opportunity for public health and public health officials, anybody, public health experts, such as yourself, of course, and your audience, is understanding the backstories and the why of a community so that they feel respected and listened to, so that then the information you present to them um, is comfortable and it's it's, it is, it's about the words you use and the tone and it's timing and it's using emotional intelligence and that, you know, I don't know if you know about Brene Brown, but a lot of leadership and emotional intelligence work and, and she is absolutely amazing to me and, and really um, has done her work in her field to understand where people are and how to approach them. And I think from what I've seen, and I'm not, a, I'm not a healthcare expert, I don't have a degree from a medical school or anything, but the mistakes that perhaps that have been made are not being as delicate in our, the messaging that has been done. I think a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, the Biden administration and the CDC, an article came out about the lack of clear communication and consistency so that everything has been muffled. It's been very confusing. You know, our fear has increased, the anxiety of everything. And it's about collaboration and it's about helping the community understand as best as possible what is happening down to the minute. And the problem is we don't truly know what is happening behind doors. So we can't judge what is happening on two sides at at each of these tables and trying to come together and to take a very difficult, difficult situation that, you know, we're almost on the two year anniversary of and make it into these, you know, bite-sized chunks of information. And I think moving forward, you know, anybody that has any messaging to come out needs to be very mindful or self-aware of how it's presented. In fact, I just found a great thing on the um, American Psychiatric Association website. It's about the proper words to use. It's a guide for mental health. And I'm so excited to read and delve deep about, you know, what words should you use and not use when speaking about mental health, which is another um, part of this whole pandemic is the mental health and mental health awareness 
and destigmatizing mental health moving forward and behavioral health overall. It's hard to speak succinctly about it because it's such a huge issue. And, you know, I think public health officials have a responsibility to do the best they can to clearly communicate the best they can as often as they can. And I think that's the best way. Again, it's about prevention, protection, promotion, which is that's community outreach. And that's one of the things I've worked, you know, since my first job is educating the community, whether it was on prenatal health care, you know, eating disorders, depression, um, you know, what is a doc, what does a doctor do? Um, when I was at uh, the University of Maryland School of Medicine, we were one of the a pilot program for the NIH's mini med school. So we invited the Baltimore city community in West Baltimore to join the medical school and learn about heart disease and diabetes and the importance of seeing your family practice physician regularly to, you know, prevent further harm or diseases. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. The community is important. And, um, you know, we're, we're still finding that there's so much confusion in the community. Uh, there's confusion just next, like with my neighbors, there's confusion right. with my family members, there's confusion about what's going on, how to protect ourselves. And it's just, it's all over the place. And um, yeah, community outreach is so necessary right now. I also appreciate that you mentioned the mental impact, mental health impact of the pandemic and mental health is public health as well. We fully uh, integrate or welcome mental health conversations here as well. And that is something that we'll be dealing with for years to come. Yeah, the fallout is huge. I, one of my clients is a behavioral health hospital associated with a much larger organization. And uh, just the articles we're reading, whether it's the trade publications from the medical community or the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, you know, whether it's Fox or CBS, but the fallout is going to be huge, not only for adolescents, but all age groups. And like you said, tying back to the confusion, I think when we don't clearly communicate, it increases our anxiety. Mm -hmm. So that I know leaders, leaders of all industries, when you clearly communicate on a consistent basis to your audience or your community, you kind of, you kind of lower the unknowns for people and they feel calm. And the next important thing about public relations too is trust. Mm -hmm. We need to trust that the information we're being presented with is the authentic, legitimate, legitimate, most up-to-date information. And I, I worry about, you know, those that are not, um, don't have access to care, don't have access to, to proper um, legitimate information that where are they getting it from? And that is where the confusion is happening. And I know within my, um, with my colleagues with public relations, it's that misinformation that we're talking about in our groups, even Twitter chats that, you know, how, how do we clearly communicate our information if I'm working with a healthcare organization and I'm pitching a story to a journalist? And this is really the process that I use for media relations, right? It's I build that relationship so that they know that they can trust me and I'm loyal and I'm reliable. So when I present information from a medical expert, I'm presenting it to them. We already have a really good solid relationship and then they're gonna take that information and turn that into a news article. Mm -hmm. And I know what I was thinking when I was getting ready to speak with you, 
you know, the most important takeaway that I can give all of you is that, you know, it is about the information being clear and consistent and genuine information, but it's, it's the data and the stats that make people feel more comfortable too. It, and it's science, you know, so for us, we take that for granted, but we need to, we need to understand that people don't think like we do. If you're not in healthcare and you're not like absolutely into the news entrenched every single day, I assume people are reading and seeing and understanding, but I have close friends that are very confused as well. Mm -hmm. And so I try to take a deep breath with them and present the information. But I actually tell everybody that they need to go find the information that they trust from their medical professional. If it's a family practice doctor, or if, if it's a community clinic that they go to, or an internal med doctor, um, you know, and I think giving them, I always say is grace and space. And like I said before, meeting them where they are. I've read news articles. I think it was New York Times several a couple of months ago. And it was about a nurse that refused to take the vaccination. And I know where my husband works, there are a couple doctors and nurses that at the beginning, I'm not sure if they have changed their mind, but didn't want the vaccination either. Mm -hmm. And it didn't, it wasn't about disrespect for others or not caring for others. It was actually the way they were raised, the principles and integrity that they um, kind of gleaned from their upbringing. Mm -hmm. So that, is very fascinating. I know one of the questions that you may have asked about, you know, what, what has interested me most and it's human behavior. I find absolutely fascinating with just sitting back and watching the world and how is everybody taking in this information. And, you know, I have some friends that I'm no longer speaking with um, because I finally saw the risk versus reward, their response to things and how they make decisions and how they treat others and they think about this whole pandemic overall. And I, I'm sure many of us are having those same experiences, not just me, but it really comes down to our innate sense of awareness and how we care for others that, you know, it's about, it's not just about us um, when you get down to it. Yes, I need to protect myself, but my family, my friends, but the community in this world overall. And I would love it if more people felt the same way, but I cannot make someone have my values and my principles. Um, so I think clearly educating others um, just about the facts, the data, the raw information, um, is a really great approach to helping others so that they don't feel intimidated or defensive. I know this doctor that I mentioned at, um, at Hopkins, he has been in a cab when he just heard this person was just, you know, a little bit afraid of the vaccine and just gently talking about it. And all of a sudden the person said, oh, wow, nobody took the time to explain it in this way to me. And I'm going to get the vaccination now because you cared about how I felt and you saw me as a human. And I think that is something that is a great way and perhaps it could be helpful for others too. And that's that emotional intelligence and you know, that empathy where you have to put yourself in another person's shoes 
And I think the stress and the toll, you know, mentally, physically on everybody, um, we're stressed and we're tired and we're short. And if we can all take a collective deep breath and step back and have a new, I guess, perception or take things in a different, you know, see it in a different way. Um, you know, there's not, there's not a lot more we can do, um, you know. Mm. You, prov you provided so many uh, amazing key <laughs> topics here in this discussion. I just have all these like quote marks in what you're saying. I can see it. And I mean, I agree with you. This is such an experience in human behavior. We're learning so much about how people respond to serious situations, emergency situations, ongoing long-term emergency situations. We're looking at, I think it's like 5.5 million people dead in the world right now as yeah, an under yeah. undercount yeah. Um, from COVID, um, definitely an undercount, but um, right. you know, over 800,000, um, most likely about a million more realistically in the United yes. States who have died from this. And we cannot see this trivially uh, with conscience, no, no. with empathy. Um, this just weighs down on some of us. Um, the heaviness of the number of people we've lost. Yeah. This is not trivial. And um, yeah, I agree with you. Um, it just kind of shines a light on personalities and perspectives and people, people's values. Yeah. And so there's just a lot there. But I also agree with you. I love the fact that you mentioned the outreach component, um, reaching out to people uh, from a different perspective Letting, uh, letting people know who are afraid that we have concern for them, we have empathy for them, and we're explaining things to them personally. Um, and I think all of that makes a huge difference. And um, so what other recommendations, do you have any um, final recommendations that you would offer uh, to us, to public health professionals during this time as it relates to PR? What do you, uh, what would you say? Yeah, no, that's a that's a perfect question. And I appreciate being able to talk about this topic. And I was thinking, you know, public health needs to promote themselves more because of the good work they're doing and others need to know. It's and usually I, I have this kind of um, template I use with clients and it's kind of an old news, you know, kind of journalistic approach. It's the who, what, where, when, why and how. And if each individual working on a project or a community outreach program can answer these questions, that's the information. And, and really in a fifth to eighth grade reading level, be careful there's no jargon in messaging either, that then you can take that information and disseminate it to the appropriate audience. You know, um, don't assume people know what you're doing and because they don't, right? You think, oh, we're all, we're really, we're doing this work. Everybody knows what we're doing, but that's not true. And I know a gentleman I was speaking to, he said, oh, you know, we've been around for 20 years and, you know, word of mouth is great and it's done really well for our business. They, they never did any publicity. They've never done anything. And I'm thinking, wow, your knowledge is being left out. It's an opportunity that is being missed. Um, your expertise is not being spread to help the greater good um, in the different communities that they would like to serve as well. So don't assume, you know, it's, you, you don't know what you don't know, and we don't know what you know. 
you know, your expertise is so specific and so important that when it's appropriate, you do need to disseminate it and spread that awareness to help others. Um, you know, and my other recommendations are to not give up. The tireless effort is needed. Um, like I said, the data, the science, the communities that you serve need you. So, and a huge thank you to all of you too. I know um, I'm actually married to a healthcare worker. So uh, I understand, I understand um, very closely uh, the toll that it is taking on everybody on all levels. Uh, we cannot give up. I know um, yeah, certain absolutely. certain nations have decided to give up, unfortunately. Yes, yes. But we cannot give up as individuals, yeah. as professionals. Um, there's just so much that we need to do. All right. And Jennifer, how can we connect with you? How can we learn more about you? Yeah, um, I'm on LinkedIn, Jennifer McClure McGinley. The organization is JLM Strategic Communications. I also adore Twitter and the community that I have there. And that's at Jen L. McGinley 16 or JLM STR Communi Communications. Great. Thank you so much for joining us today. 